welcome to episode 2 of Decoding the Mind, where I attempt to summarize and simplify psychology research papers directly from the source, so you can learn about interesting and useful psychology research in audio format. This study is called Musical Intervals in Speech, and was done in 2007 by Deborah Ross, Jonathan Choi, and contributed by Dale Purves at the Center of Cognitive Neuroscience and Department of Neurobiology at Duke University in Durham, North Carolina. It was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences Scientific Journal. The purpose of the study was to find whether there's a correlation between the ratios of frequencies found in human speech and the ratios of frequencies found in the chromatic scale, which is a 12-note scale that most modern music is written in. If there is, then that might explain why the chromatic scale dominates modern music and perhaps tell us about the origin of music itself. So for some background knowledge, most modern music is divided into the 12 tones of the chromatic scale, and the frequency interval between two notes is referred to as a ratio. For example, if two notes are separated by an octave, they have a 2 to 1 ratio. A perfect fifth has a ratio of 3 to 2, etc. When you make a vowel sound, there isn't just one frequency that you make, but rather a set of frequencies at different volumes, which combine to form specific vowel sounds. In fact, the relationship in a particular vowel between the lowest frequency, which is called the first formant, and the second frequency, which is called the second formant, is the same for all people, roughly speaking. So the ratios of formant 2 and formant 1 are then compared to the ratios between notes seen in the chromatic scale to check for a correlation. Now, there could be many sources of periodic sound intervals in music, but some of the oldest and most stable sources across time are conspecific vocalizations arising from human speech. Some researchers make the point that the human sense of tonality and preference for tonal intervals can be predicted from some sort of aspect of speech. However, a specific basis for the intervals in human vocalizations has not been clarified, and that is the purpose of this paper. My original thought about music scales was that the rise and fall of pitch during a normal conversation may reveal the patterns that would develop into musical scales. However, Ross and her colleagues had the same idea, and tested that idea finding no evidence for music intervals that way. Instead, they decided to look at the spectral relationships between speech stimuli, which basically means the main frequencies that can be seen by controlling the soft palate, tongue, lips, and other articulators. The two lowest formant frequencies are almost completely responsible for the vowels we perceive. If you take away the higher frequency formants, you can usually still understand what vowel is intended. However, if you take away the first two formants, it becomes almost impossible to recognize the intended vowels. An important detail to consider is that human range of sounds is limited, and the first and second formants in all languages are around 200 to 1000 Hz for the first, and 800 to 3000 Hz for the second. This detail will come in handy later. How was the study conducted? Well, to test whether the chromatic scale intervals are related to slash caused by the frequency relationships, of the first and second formants in the voiced speech, they analyzed the spectra of vowel sounds in a sample of adults speaking English and another group speaking Mandarin. They recorded the speech of 10 English participants, aged 18 to 68, with no known speech impairments. They recorded them saying words with strategically placed vowels and consonants. They spoke in an emotionally neutral, conversational voice, and after repeating the procedure several times, a hundred samples of eight different words were obtained for each participant. Then, for the six Mandarin speakers aged 22 to 31, the procedure was similar, except they spoke each of the six words in the four major tones used in Mandarin. 
When analyzing the recorded samples, the first and second formants of each vowel were identified and the ratio of second formant to the first was taken in each sample. If enough speech ratios corresponded to just intonation values in the chromatic scale, then that would indicate a possible correlation. After mapping out the vowels with formants that are the furthest apart and comparing them to a frequency map of a piano tuned in just intonation, the second formant was found to often line up with the piano note, but not always. Interestingly, male utterances are chromatic 60% of the time, and female utterances are chromatic 75% of the time. To check if this bias is not particular to English, the same procedure was run through for Mandarin, and similar results were obtained. Now, a similar relationship might be found simply by looking at the overtones of a harmonic series, so the harmonic series of the second formant was analyzed while ignoring the first formant, and the result was that chromatic intervals were only prevalent 36% of the time, compared to an average of 68 seen in speech. Thus, the researchers conclude that the biases toward musical chromatic scales are specific to speech, and therefore not just a mathematical coincidence. An interesting detail is if the range in which formants were found was halved, then compared with emotionally neutral speech, the intervals seen would represent only part of the chromatic scale, so it would be incomplete. However, if the range in which formants were found was doubled, then the proportionality of chromatic to non-chromatic intervals would be diluted by the addition of non-chromatic intervals. This basically means that if the formant ranges in human speech were higher or lower than they are, the musical patterns would not be as distinct, and there would be less of a correlation between speech and musical scales. An interesting side note by the authors is that neutral speech is not optimized for maximum correlation, but would be if the fundamental frequencies of voiced phones were higher, and fundamental frequencies are higher in more energized speech, which is more common on a daily basis than emotionally neutral speech, as was recorded in this experiment. So in other words, the relationship between speech and the chromatic scale would be stronger in more energized natural speech, these are all signs favoring the hypothesis that formant in speech favor chromatic scale intervals. Now, looking at different tuning systems, 10 of the 12 intervals generated through vowel spectra are those used in just intonation tuning. 4 of the 12 are used in Pythagorean tuning, and only 1 of the 12 matches equal temperament tuning. The two anomalies in speech that don't fit just intonation are because the ratio of formants, formant 2 to formant 1, in speech is 1.065, where in just intonation it's 1.0667, which is equal to the ratio 16 over 15. That isn't possible in human speech because the range of maximum intensity in the first formant peak extends only up to the 10th harmonic. The other anomaly is the ratio of 1.4 for speech, where just intonation is 1.406, or the ratio of 45 over 32, which is again not possible in human speech because the maximum intensity in the second formant peak only goes up to the 26th harmonic. Other than these anomalies, just intonation tuning closely fits the chromatic scale obtained from speech. So, now that the correlation was found, the second question that the study attempts to answer is whether the tonal preferences in the music of a particular culture can be explained by the formant relationships of speech in that specific language. This is a logical extension of the idea that the chromatic scale is caused by the formant relationships of the language. Diatonic, or seven-note scales, and pentatonic, or five-note scales, are very popular in ethnic music around the world. And this study found that of the chromatic scale intervals, around 70% are components of the pentatonic scale, and around 80% are of the diatonic scale, which suggests a preference for diatonic and pentatonic scales due to the increased familiarity 
with the formant ratios and the speech of the specific language. Analyzing these results, if the human voice created formants with the second formant spanning a smaller or larger range of frequencies relative to the first, we would see less of a connection between the formants and music intervals, which suggests that the 12-note system is commonly accepted due to the way humans create speech sounds. Some questions that arise from this study include the question whether the emotional impact that major and minor scales have could be due to the variations in the intervals of formants in differing psychological states, such as excitement versus sadness. Additionally, what is the significance of the tonic note in scales? Finally, what would the formant relationships of animals compare to those of humans, and what could it say about the origin of speech and music? These are some of the questions that the researchers have suggested looking into. I think the study is quite well thought out. However, there's a couple of limitations to the study that I found when reading it. First of all, we can assume that the participants represent the average population, the majority of which are not vocally trained. I wonder if all the participants had vocal training, would there be a higher correlation between the formants in speech of vocalists and the chromatic scale intervals? I suspect that during evolutionary times, say in a tribe, there would be a much higher rate of singing or some sort of vocal participation than there is today, contributing to this effect. Now, I have to say that my thoughts about these results are not supported by a degree in music theory or evolutionary psychology, but I'll include them anyways. A hypothesis can be made that singing might be the reason why we have the 12-note chromatic scale interval, because over time, the instruments with scales that sounded good when sung along to, yet complex enough that the music is interesting, survived over time. Next, I wonder if some words sound good, or consonant, and others sound bad, or dissonant. This is a testable hypothesis, simply record people saying various words, then identify the formants associated with those words and check if they align with major, minor, or diminished chords, or if the tonality of the words can be placed in one musical scale, perhaps that would make a word consonant while a word that does not fall inside a specific music scale would be quote-unquote dissonant. Then ask a different group of participants how good slash satisfying a word sounds and see if there is a correlation there. I'm also interested in learning whether rhythm plays a role in human speech, as one of the reasons I originally searched for this study was because I thought there may be some rhythmic element to speech, which would serve some sort of evolutionary purpose and evolve over time into singing. Finally, an important question that I'd like to know the answer to would be what the results would look like if the people said the words with emotion. Since music carries a lot of emotion, would more emotional speech be more musical? And could this lead to a bigger theory about the origin of music? The study used is linked in the description. I highly recommend checking it out for a more in-depth and visual representation of the study. Thank you for listening to the second episode of the podcast. I'm going to experiment with the format a bit more before I settle on something that works. So I'm looking forward to hearing feedback about what I can do to improve. Just shoot me an email at decodingthemind at gmail.com. Cheers.